1: Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com.
0: Turn Micro has been researching and investigating a number of criminal undergrounds over the past several years. That's John Clay. He's
1: one of the cybersecurity experts from
0: Trend Micro. The research paper we're discussing
1: today is called Digital Souks, a glimpse into the Middle Eastern and North African
0: underground. So we've done China, we've done Russia, we've done Brazil, North America, French, Japan, Japanese. And so it made sense for us to move into the Middle East and look at the Middle East area and and North Africa. Uh, we had recently done some reporting with Interpol around the West Africa actors. So Middle East and North Africa was a, a just a natural progression of, of the different underground communities that we see out there.
1: So why don't you uh, set the stage for us here when we're talking about a, a culture in relation to cybersecurity? What are we dealing with in the Middle East and North Africa?
0: Yeah, and it's very interesting because as we've done a lot of these different regions, um, the undergrounds tend to follow very similar traits of the people who are from those regions. So in the case of the Middle East and North Africa, some of the interesting things we found, um, one of the real interesting points was that the actors inside of here are very willing to share for free a lot of the tools and tactics that they uh, use to perpetrate uh, cybercrime. And so that's a little different from what you see in the other markets where it's more free market type driven, where you have a service and you offer it for a price. Now, these are in in the Middle East. The prices are definitely there. But if somebody is willing to ask for, say, a, a new piece of malware uh, that's for sale, and they don't have the uh, ability to pay for it. In a lot of cases, you'll see that the the criminals will just give away their tools or their malware pieces to the other pe- people within the underground.
1: Yeah, and there seems to be a, sort of a I guess a maybe a way to describe it as sort of a gentlemanly interaction between folks on these forums.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to have a presence there. You have to have a reputation inside a lot of these undergrounds. Otherwise you don't get access. So as you build your reputation, as you build your online personality, sort of speak uh, within these criminal undergrounds, you are then welcomed into them. And in the Middle East, uh, a lot of it is driven around uh, by religion. Um, which is not really surprising, uh, based on being in the Middle East, mm-hmm. their religion drives a lot of their interactions and and how they do things. So, for example, right, the religion of peace, um, they want to be peaceful to their fellow members. Uh, so, which means I'll trade you for free my tools if you tr- you know give me information back you know, can end up being kind of a barter system if, in, in some cases. But certainly there is an element of free market where they will sell the services. They will sell the tools um, to other members. The other area that we see in this region, which is uh, it has some cases in, in certain other regions, but but not in all of them, where the actors inside the Middle East and North Africa region will not target people inside their region. Hmm. So they won't perpetrate crimes against fellow Middle Easterners or fellow North Africans. Most of their attacks, they will target Western victims in this case.
1: Now, I've heard of that uh, when it comes to the Russians, that that, that's uh, something that that they also will not do. And I've heard that uh, that may be because they don't want to draw the attention of local law enforcement. Uh, Do you think that's at play here as well? I
0: think it does uh, play into it. Uh, the Middle Eastern law enforcement areas and North Africa law enforcement may not be as, as sophisticated as others, but I think more it goes back to they don't want to target their own people, sort of speak, mm. right? Uh, they just want to target um, people that they may not they may not agree with, whether it's religiously, whether it's monetarily, whether it's economically. They just don't want to target the either it's a, a you know, People inside their, org- inside their region or even organizations inside the region. In fact, what we saw when uh, Aramco got targeted recently a couple of years ago, uh, there was a kind of a backlash inside the community because supposedly it came from that people inside that region targeting that regional business. Hmm. Uh, and the actors inside the uh, underground really took the to task some of the people associated with that. So they really criticized when, when any actors went after either a business or a, or a person inside the same region. So it just that seems to be the norm in this, in this underground community, not to attack uh, your own people, your own businesses. Focus your attacks on outside the region.
1: Can you give us a rundown of who generally is represented here and the types of uh, businesses that they're up to?
0: Our focus when we looked at the underground community here was really on cyber criminals. So those actors who were looking to profit from their attacks. Um, And certainly then, if you look at the victims that they were targeting, it's usually businesses and and people to extort them for money or steal their data that then they could sell in their underground community to others for profit. So it was really more profit-oriented actors that we looked at. Um, there's certainly other types of actors whether it's hacktivists, nation states we didn't really get into those types of actors in this particular research um, they certainly are there but we we didn't focus that in that area it was mainly on the cyber criminals that's those are the those are the actors that tend to um, target our customers the most so one of the benefits of this is uh, this research is really to understand the tools the tactics and the and the procedures that are used by these cyber criminals targeting victims out there, which tend to be our customers. Uh, And so that gives us a benefit to be able to build or develop technologies to combat them. And so what kinds
1: of offerings did you see available from these groups?
0: Yeah, by far the most is malware uh, for sale. So they, a lot of malware development is done by the actors inside the, the community. But that's not to say we also saw denial of service um, services, uh, denial of service attack services there. Uh, we saw infrastructure for, for hire. So if you wanted to build a, a uh, command and control infrastructure, you could find that there encryption technologies encryption capabilities uh so it's all it kind of all runs into the same area with cybercrime so whether it's from the malware all the way to the infrastructure even to lists of organizations or lists of victims that you would, would want to target you could buy in the underground as well
1: i saw one of the things you listed in the report were cash out services can you describe that for us
0: yeah, cash Out Services is a service where if you perpetrate a crime and you kind of need to money launder your your profits, um, you have the capability to utilize these services where they can take that money, cash it out to you, and, and so you get returned uh, of it into, in some form of uh, monetary payment it could be cash itself it could be gift cards it could be uh, merchandise that then you could sell and and get your returns that way so these services tend to be found in all the different underground communities because one of the number one uh, concerns that these actors have is how can i actually monetarily get access to the money after i perpetrate the crime uh, that law enforcement can't find right they can't track so these cash out services uh, show up and, and allow these criminals a a way to launder their money and and obtain the profits of their money without law enforcement getting access.
1: Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too. For example, you noted that uh, in Saudi Arabia that they require biometric fingerprinting for buying things like SIM cards. And there were some other things that required registration. So these markets were a way around those requirements as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, and, you know, again, the criminals are going to look for ways to get around any kind of legitimate technologies that can identify them. Uh, So you see popping up in all of these underground services, including the the Middle East and North Africa um, community ways that I can, as a criminal, I can get around identification, right? So uh, if there's a biometric requirement, they'll figure out a way to get around that biometric requirement. So that's, Typical, you see, um, and it's no different in this underground.
1: You also noted how um, hacking as a service uh, really follows the ideology of the region as well.
0: Yeah, hacking as a service is 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 well represented in in the Middle East. Um, Again, a lot of it, it comes back to they want to hack other Western businesses, Western consumers out there to perpetrate their cyber crime against. And the hacking as a service option gives a newbie person the ability to just go hire somebody to perpetrate that crime for them. So I don't need to have you know, malware development skills. I don't need to have the ability to create the infrastructure. These hacking as a service provide a full spectrum of tools and services available to anybody who is within the underground community. Also, you know, certainly there is there is that hacktivism we talked about earlier, uh, those hacking services there, you know, for denial of service attacks, if I want to denial of service, an organization that I, I'm not, uh, I don't like, uh, or doesn't f- support my views, uh, I could hire Hacking as Service, Denali Service Group, to go out there and, and perform that against that organization's website or their, or their servers.
1: You also noted that um, because of some of the geopolitical realities of the region, that things like passport scans and identity documents are a popular item for sale.
0: Yeah, we certainly see unrest in that region of the world. And so there are a lot of people who are trying to get out of those countries to other countries. So you definitely see passports, you see visas for um, for sale, on these, uh, on these underground forums and underground places so that they can sell them to these people who want to get out and move, move away and get into other countries. So that's free market working, right? You have a need, you have a lot of people who have a need for something and it'll show up in the underground, whether that's, um, visas, whether it's, uh, passports, whether it's, you know, weapons, whether it's drugs, whether it's, a cyber crime or cyber um, uh, tools that are available. So all of those tend to show up in these underground forums. And you know, again, it's not it's not just about cyber we're talking here. These, you know, when we when we investigate these undergrounds, we find all sorts of different services and and offerings that are outside of just the cyber area as well. And that's no different here.
1: When you compare the pricing of some of the uh, items that were available, some of the services that were available in these markets, how do they compare to some of the markets in other parts of the world?
0: Some stuff is, is less expensive, but some is very much higher expense than others. So, for example, worms are maybe a dollar to twelve dollars per worm. If I were creating a cyber worm, um, key loggers tend to be anywhere from free to nineteen dollars. These are U.S. dollars. I'm I'm quoting here. We we did the conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, ransomware, for example, is very expensive. It's thirty to fifty dollars for a ransomware. Think about that. When when I if I'm a ransomware actor. Uh, and I go and ransom, uh, you know, uh, put ransomware on a system right now. They're charging from, you know, anywhere from, uh, you know, 50 to a hundred to $150 per ransom is the average. And uh, if I pay $50 for the ransom malware, I've got to recoup those costs. Uh, and so uh, it is a bit expensive there. So you, obviously the ransom that these people would perpetrate is probably much higher than you would see in other regions of the world, just because the cost of, of building the, uh, the the threat is a lot higher. You also see like rats, for example, are around $100. Certainly malware builders can be anywhere for up five hundred dollars from free. But again, all of these things are negotiable inside the underground. Hmm. Uh, And again, as I mentioned at the beginning, in a lot of cases, if I if I asked for it for free, it will be provided to me for free by the person who is providing that service because of that sharing nature um, that they have within this community.
1: Do you have any sense for how they choose their targets? Are there are there regional areas that they like to focus on?
0: Basically, Western region. Um, any, any organization or consumers in the West uh, are a prime target for this region of the world. And it just seems to be follow some of the economic and socioeconomic um, things that go on in this region. So uh, that tends to be the biggest uh, cover. So you're talking the United States, North America, South America, Europe. Uh, those are going to be the primary target of these criminals.
1: And do you have any sense for how many of the people participating are uh, individuals versus, uh, you know, gangs of organized crime versus uh, state-sponsored groups?
0: Yeah, we didn't really get into that piece. We were looking at uh, more at the tools and the, and the tactics that they utilized. Um, mm. So we didn't get really into the individual identification of the actors inside. I see. Um, certainly all of those are represented in the underground uh, and are going to be conversing and communing within those undergrounds. But uh, as I mentioned, on the, in the cybercrime space, you tend to see um, it, it range from an individual speaking into a group, a loosely group uh, of individuals to the syndicates, right? The the, the syndicates who, who perpetrate it and have the, the resources to buy a lot of this. They may even be providing a lot of these services uh, within the underground as well.
1: And is your sense that these markets are growing quickly, or have they reached a, sort of an equilibrium? What's your sense there?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I think in the in the case of the Middle East and North Africa, we're seeing a, definitely an increase. Um, I don't, I'm not sure it's significant increase, but it's definitely an increase. You're seeing new members joining all the time, the, especially in the North Africa. Because, again, if you think about the actors here and the regions of the world that they live in, to live a decent life doesn't take a lot of money, and if I can perpetrate a cyber crime where maybe I do a ransomware attack and I and I get you know over the course of a year I, I could generate twenty five thousand hundred thousand dollars U S dollars in profit. Um, that's a lot of money in a lot of those regions of the world, especially in North Africa. So you think about the ability for and why you see cybercrime picking up in a lot of these, uh, the third world and and emerging areas of the regions of the world. It's because there's a lot of money to be made, unfortunately, in cybercrime.
1: Was there anything in particular in your research that you found surprising or unexpected?
0: I think going back to the ability to, to, to sell stuff for free, just to mm-hmm. give it away, uh, um, the community sharing kind of program that they have, you know, even, even to the point where they're offering um, educational tools to newbie uh, cyber criminals to give them tutorials on how to become a cyber criminal um, or how to launch an attack those types of information is available for free to within this underground. So they are definitely looking to recruit new people on a regular basis, and they do that through the offering, uh, free offerings out there. The other thing that was interesting is like on the weapons side, you don't see a lot of weapons being sold in this region. Uh, not a lot of drugs sold in this region. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it goes back to, uh, especially on the drug side, maybe because of the, the regional influences there, not a lot of drugs in that area. Whereas in North a- North America, for example, Drugs are the pretty predominantly sold in the in the criminal underground, uh, cyber underground, because there's such a, a prolific area of, of use of drugs in the United States. Those were probably the main things that we saw. I think, again, going back, it's it's sharing free sharing of, of uh, whether it's information or malware or, or service or or tools and tactics to some of the interesting uh, some of the things that you would see. Sold more often in some of the other regions, you don't see them as much as, uh, as you see here.
1: So, in terms of, of awareness and people dialing in their defense posture against different organizations in different parts of the world, are there any, any specific advice when it comes to, uh, to what you've learned from the Middle Eastern and North African uh, threat actors?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, when you think about cybercrime, the process to target an organization is is going to be very similar from this region as you see from other regions of the world. So the actors there, they will investigate and do their reconnaissance on an organization or a person to understand who they are, what they do. Um, what kind of information? What they want to do to, in terms of uh, get monetary value out of this, out of this victim. Um, so they'll do their research. They'll look at social media um, to find the, uh, you know, victims inside the organization who they want to target to get inside their network. And then they will use the the malware that is available to them, so and that they can purchase right. So and the malware tends to be the same. There's nothing unique about this region versus others. So you're going to see ransomware. You're going to see keyloggers. You're going to see um, rats and or, uh, uh, remote access tools and and uh, so forth. So uh, organizations to combat this, they just need to take a posture that they are going to build a layered security strategy against these threats. So from outside in, I'm going to look at, at uh, email and, and web as a primary defense, uh, because that's where the attack's going to start from it's going to come in either as an email message to an employee or it's going to be a web download from uh, somebody browsing the web or doing something on the web uh, and so if i can tighten up my security in that area i can block that thread at the source instead of waiting till uh, say a piece of malware gets down to the endpoint. so you, you want to cover all your bases in between so you want that gateway or cloud security, you want your your network security, you want email messaging security, you want your endpoint security, and that includes mobile. Uh, We see mobile malicious mobile apps being sold in the underground as well. So mobile is definitely an attack surface that they are targeting as well. So organizations would be recommended to be building that layered approach so that they have visibility across the entire network stack that they have from from the gateway or the cloud all the way down to their mobile devices and everywhere in between, uh, because these threats will go across their entire network.
1: Our thanks to John Clay from Trend Micro for joining us. The research paper is called Digital Souks, A Glimpse into the Middle Eastern and North African Underground. You can find it on the Trend Micro website. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data,